Hello and welcome to the Boomerang Break Wimbledon Preview Show. The draws are out and they're full of tasty first round matchups and intriguing sections. Serena gets a gift from the draw gods with a winnable first round and 32nd seeded SST in the second, while Felix gets stuck with a dangerous Cressy to deal with in round one. On the women's side, stopping Sriantec is the name of the game, with Ange Jabeur and a few dangerous floaters best positioned to stop her 35-match winning streak. Meanwhile, Novak Djokovic headlines a men's field missing the world number one and two, with the Serb seeking his fourth straight Wimbledon and Rafael Nadal going for the third leg of the calendar slam. Something's gotta give. This is the Boomerang Break. What's up, everybody? How's it all going? Welcome to this special edition of the Boomerang Break. We are previewing the championships, Wimbledon, and joining me to go through everything is my guy, Eli E.K. How's life? Life is going okay, Rom. How is life going for you? It's good, you know? Sunday, day before a major, always exciting. Anticipation. Dun, dun, Building. Dun. We've got um, fabulous storylines for Wimbledon, so I think we're just going to jump right into it. The big storyline is Rafa searching for the third leg of the calendar slam that would, if he gets it, put him in the same spot as Novak did, was in last year. If there was a major that I thought out of the four, now at the beginning of the year, did I think he was going to win four? Like, not even close. This would have been the major that I thought he would have the most trouble with. And we'll see how it goes this week. Yeah. Um, He's definitely had the least success at Wimbledon in the last decade, um, at least after his Australian Open win this year. We can safely say that Wimbledon has been a difficult major for him. We listed off his losses uh, a week or so ago, but we can do it again. He's lost to the likes of Steve Darcy, Gilles Muller, Nick Kyrgios, Dustin Brown, Lucas Russell. Uh, you can go on. I mean, it's it's not been pretty for him in the last decade. He's had a few good results here and there, but really ever since his last Wimbledon win, um, which was over a decade ago, it's not been smooth sailing for Rafa in London. Now, this is this is a new version of Rafa. He's dominated the year so far in a completely unexpected way um and especially he's he's definitely adapted his game to be more aggressive to come to net more i think that could suit grass better but in terms of his health there's still a lot of question marks about that and i don't think we can be so sure that uh he, he's going to be able to get through to the latter stages of this of this tournament because i think the field of players who can beat him here is so much bigger than it is at any other major yeah i think even if you look at his draw sam query in the second round like sure sam query is very washed up and not who he used to be but we've seen the giant killing he can do at wimbledon and if Rafa's not fully there who knows so. it's what he's done this year is unbelievable. He's putting together a historic season again and again, as the big three tend to do so often. When he was playing at the French Open, he was having injections in his foot every day to try to put his foot to sleep, and that's how he was able to last the entire tournament. He mentioned after the tournament that it wasn't a permanent solution. He would have an increased risk of turning his ankle, so he wanted to do something that would last a little longer. And what they came across was numbing the the nerve in his foot that was causing the problem. I, we're not in the medical field, so I'm not sure exactly what was going on. But it, it, hopefully it will be a more permanent, permanent solution for him, for his sake. And then I'm just going to read you a little bit about what he said when because obviously the press conferences, they're full of him talking about, oh, how's the injury? How's it going? And he said, honestly, I feel happy because the toughest thing is when you have too much pain, not playing tennis. Tennis is the second part of your life. Probably the toughest part is having pain on your life in a daily basis. If you don't have pain outside of tennis, it's fine. Maybe you don't play tennis. But the problem that I have is I have pain walking every single day. That sometimes affects your happiness and how the attitude is not positive all the time. 
that just brought a lot of perspective for me about how this injury has taken him to really broaden his his scope about how maybe Wimbledon isn't necessarily the most important thing. We see with these three guys all the time, right? They're super competitive. We have the whole board of 22, 20, and 20. But I think this perspective has really done a lot for him this year, understanding the ebbs and flows of tournaments a little bit more, and then also taking a little bit of the pressure off, I guess, when obviously now he's won two legs of it. I think he's got a better shot of it, and I can't believe I'm saying this, he's got a better shot of it this year than I think Novak did last year. Uh, I mean, I disagree with that. Okay. I think I think Novak definitely had a better shot last year because he was by far the best player in the world, whereas I would not make Rafa the favorite for either Wimbledon or the U.S. Open um, this year. So I think... Djokovic had more of a will and a desire to get there, and he so nearly did. Um, but Rafa has said time and time again he doesn't really care about the Grand Slam race. Wherever he ends up, wherever Novak ends up, wherever Roger ends up, he'll be satisfied with the career he's put in. I think Djokovic, of the three of them, definitely cares the most about it. And I think um, that was to but, his detriment last year. I think he cared too much about it that it kind of hindered him in a later round. Yeah, it's definitely possible, especially with the calendar slam. Um, but, yeah, I would not put Rafa as the favorite for this tournament. I'm not even sure if he would be second favorite. I think Berrettini is in good form, but can't count him out. He's Rafa Nadal. This year has been an unbelievable one for this year, So if he, for him, rather. So um, if he's fit, if he's, if he's totally there, then you can't count him out. I was reading the ESPN preview this morning, and someone said that, I can't remember who it was, that every pre-tournament press conference he's talking about, oh, this is the injury that's plaguing and he's not in a great position. And then he goes out and wins the thing and kind of destroys the rest of the field and route to the final. And he's, I mean, the injury is again the question mark going in. And Wimbledon has the most impact on his knees just from like the surface perspective but i think he's gonna be all right i watched the french open press conference uh before the french open and see saw how it mirrored the australian open one they were very similar so and i think wimbledon's one is similar as well i think he's just in the right headspace i'm not sure if his game his game doesn't translate to grass as much but it's one of two times i mean you forget he with all those losses that you've uh, you just set off. He made the semis here in 2018, up against Novak, semis against 2019 against Federer, and didn't play, didn't play it last year. So he's done just fine at this event. So I think he he is one of the favorites. He needs to be. Definitely needs to be. Novak is the other one of the. You said Novak is the is the favorite going in, and I agree with that. Three-time defending champion at this yeah. event. 2018 beat, was it Chilich in the final or Raonic? 2018, he beat Kevin Anderson. Oh, Kevin Anderson, yes, my bad. 2018 was against Kevin Anderson. 2019 was against Roger, and then last year against Berrettini. My bad. He's coming in off. He hasn't played since the French Open when he lost in the quarterfinals to Nadal that four-set epic. Who knows whether he'll be able to play the U.S. Open later on this summer. This is a good chance for him, as he cares a lot about his legacy and how many slams he ends up with. This is a great chance for him to get another one in the bag. Yeah, uh, he's definitely the favorite here. Three-time defending champ. He's better on grass than anyone in the world, Um, even Roger Federer. Uh, throughout his career. I, I think even that Roger has more Wimbledon titles when they've gone to he- head-to-head. Novak has come out, um, and his draw is nice here. He has a, a pretty good uh, first few rounds. He uh, really, I think, his only real test in his whole half would be Hubert Hurkacz in the semifinals. Uh, perhaps Carlos Alcaraz or Andy Murray in the quarters, um, if either of them get there and if either of them is in really good form, it's a possibility. But personally, I think Djokovic is almost certainly getting to the semifinals and getting to the finals um, where he would maybe face a tougher challenge. Um, the one question mark over him, I think, remains sort of his, his fitness. I think it's a crazy thing to say about him, but 
There were question marks over him after the Davidovich Fakina match in Monte Carlo. He said he like totally lost it physically and he, he couldn't handle it. Same thing against Rublev in Belgrade. And you're laughing right now. You're you're laughing, but th- those things get forgotten because he won Rome, but he wasn't really physically tested in Rome. And the moment the moment he was physically tested in Roland Garros against Rafa Nadal, he didn't quite have it. I, I thought he looked he physically have it, spent. He didn't have it from a game perspective. I don't think he looked physically spent. I think he looked completely physically spent at the end of that fourth uh, fourth set. I think he he was going for winners on very early. He was just, um, I don't know. He, he was not quite... I read he, that he in terms of... He wasn't quite feeling it. I read that And he was trying to end points earlier than he, he normally does. That's all I'll say. I read that in terms of he was out of ideas from a game plan perspective, and Nadal was just getting everything, and he was just ro- trying one last idea, one last hurrah. But, I think that was certainly part of it, and I think there's a very good chance that he's totally fine. But I think that much of the tennis world hasn't really come to terms with the fact that this is still a question mark we should be thinking about. And I think if he gets tested, if he gets pushed to a fifth set... I'm not entirely sure that this is the best version of Novak Djokovic, both from a game perspective and from a physical perspective. We also have to reckon with the fact that he's not with Marion Vida anymore. Now, maybe this is very different from the first time. The first time he that also coincided with a major injury that he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. He seems a little bit better at this point. But we've also never seen him win a Grand Slam without Marion Vida. So that's still something we have to to reckon with that's something we have to think about in this tournament he is the favorite for me but there are factors that make him less strong of a favorite than he was last year i would say novak will drop down to i believe world number seven after wimbledon due to the lack of ranking points at wimbledon which is crazy to me because insane (laughs) he's not the number seven player in the world i want to ask you at the end of his career how many majors do you think this guy ends up with novak is give me a number. Putting me on the spot. Give you a number. I'll give you the number 24. Oh, okay. Four more. I, I would go, yes, I think that's right in it. I think 25, 26. I think he could go a little higher. This guy is ceiling. He, you say his fitness. I, I think he could go a couple more years. This guy's longevity is insane. But I, I could also see, I could see him staying at 20. I don't think that's an, a... You don't, don't think, think he wins impossible. another major? I'm just saying, I think I don't think that's an impossibility. Like, I think 20 is maybe more likely than 21 or 22. I think if he sort of gets back to peak form, I could see him dominating the sport for another few years. But he has to get there first. Yeah. Well, the, this week will be a big stepping stone for him. Will be. Sure. Yeah. Novak's dominance last year, we're, those are the two main storylines, Rafa and Novak on the men's side. On the women's side, we'll get to Serena, of course, the big storyline. But first, we got to give Iga some love. 35-match winning, winning streak. I don't think people are still giving this enough time and attention as it deserves. 35-match wins. Talking, She's passed Serena for the longest win streak. She's tied with Venus. She's won two French Opens in a row, one without dropping a set. This is... Like, utter domination. Like, completely. She's putting together a historic, historic season. I don't think people are giving it enough credit. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, people were certainly giving her credit when those wins were happening. But uh, she was went into the French Open as an unequivocal favorite. Anyone would have taken her against the field. That's maybe not the case in Wimbledon, just because she hasn't played on grass so far. But maybe people should be thinking about her as more of a clear favorite for this tournament considering what she's done in this uh this year so far she's been absolutely unbelievable she's been unbeatable um she's had two sets taken off her against Ludmilla Samsonova and Zhang Chin Wen uh in that whole winning streak so Insane. the draw is the draw is super nice as well I think she'll have a pretty clean route to the quarterfinals at the very least um not not a lot of challenges before then so she should be set set to win this. She's a Wimbledon junior champion. Um, that hasn't been the best indicator of everything throughout history, but Ash Barty was also a Wimbledon junior champion. Um, so, yeah, what's not to like? 
I agree with that. There, I think I think she's the favorite, and she deserving, overwhelming favorite. I would take her against the field, actually. The seeded fourth round opponent for her would be Barbara Krejcikova, who we talked about a little bit in the last episode. Uh, so that ain't happening. You don't, uh, yeah. Well, I, I said seated, so you can't say it's not happening. Like, I'm no, not- I'm saying that's not, that's not going to be a. I'm I'm putting my neck out there and saying that's not going to be a fourth round match. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I'm just saying. I know. I, that, I Ron, you should be grateful for me offering unprompted predictions because I'm risking my reputation here. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk about your reputation too in a moment. Um. Iga, I think, would you take her over the field? I would take her. Eli would take the field. Who do you think um, has the best chance of unseating her this week? It has to be Ange Jabeur. The way she's played this year, the way she played on the grass last year, um, you have to remember that she pretty handily beat Iga Sviantek at Wimbledon last year, 5-7-6-1-6-1 after a tough first set. She basically rolled yeah. through her. Um, also beating Garbina Muguruza at Wimbledon last year when that was an impressive win. Um, and she's just, her, her game is made for the grass. Like you see, she, she can get free points from the serve. She can get free points from the serve plus one in the forehand. And then she can also have so much success just using the drop shot and using the slice and getting forward into net. Her, her hands are amazing. Her variety is amazing. She can just, you know, hit drop shots that basically just die on the grass. I think that's going to be so effective for her at this tournament. Um, it just comes down to the mental aspect, I think. Yeah. She's had she's had some struggles at majors in the past and at the French Open. She there were a lot of expectations on her. She was the hands down favorite to make the final. She didn't really handle it. She lost in the first round. Um, I think she'll, she'll definitely have learned from that experience. I think she is going to be really eager to put that to bed and put suggestions of her sort of major underperformance to bed um, to put that behind her. So I would back her to have a good run at this tournament, but there are still lingering questions. For sure. Ons Jabur, I'm just looking into this, two quarterfinals in her career at majors, one at the Australian Open in 2020, one at Wimbledon last year, as you referenced, in 2021. Her win record... And majors, 57%. So mm-hmm. not that high at all. A lot of that is through like qualifying and then first rounds, a bunch in 2014, 2015, when she was still um, getting into the whole um, process of playing on the tour professionally. But I'm not... I, I'm not sure about I, I need it's one of those things I need to see it to believe it. I need her to see I believe, I agree with that. I need to see her deep in a major contending and like with the look in her eyes. Um like even against Sapolenka last year, it was great. I remember that moment when she made the like quarters at Wimbledon. It was great for Tunisia, it was great for the whole global dimension of the sport. It was great for her, obviously. And then against Sapolenka, what was it, four and three? It wasn't... Yeah, that was a, a great match by Sabalenka. I don't think Jabir did a whole lot wrong there, but I see what you're saying. Yes, but if she's one of these top-level favorites that we're pegging to win majors, and she wasn't at that status last year, but this year she's at that status, I, I don't think she gets the excuse this year, like, oh, too, somebody was too good on their day, except for Iga. Against anybody else, like, she has a good chance to anyone as win, so that excuse doesn't go this time. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably right um i also though think if i'm taking the field against Iga, it's mostly because there's just a the pool of players who can take her out is a little bit bigger i think because the top players on the women's side are probably better grass court players than they are clay court players like if you look at the people who have been around for a while like you look at the pushkovas of the world um you look at kvitova you look at kerber you look at halep like all of those players have not been having the best time necessarily in the last year, um, but you, you saw the difference between the French Open and Wimbledon last year where you had an absolutely like out-of-nowhere um, lineup of French Open semifinalists, and then at Wimbledon, it was order was restored. You had Vardy and you had Kerber, you had Sabalenka and Pliskova, a lot of the more familiar names. So I think 
this is where the the more familiar names in the top 10 and the top 15 can actually shine and i think that's not great news for Iga. but what is good news for her is she's not near a lot of them in the draw that the yes i agree with that uh we'll get to my stumps or trees trivia which is a little bit about that in a second quickly jabur's winning i mentioned her major uh winning percentage is 57 percent for a career in uh, total is 64.5%. So there's 7% underperformance there. This isn't the cleanest mm. metric, but I, I like to use this. For Iga, her career total winning percentage, 75.52%. And guess what she does at majors, Eli? 79%. Going up 4% mm -hmm. in major championships. Like, that's... I mean, you could kind of see this coming at the end of last year, in a sense. Like, she was the only player person to reach all four fourth round, uh, fourth rounds at the major championships, and I think that said a lot about her confidence and her ability to play on all the different types of services. You see this a lot where the top 10 players lose early in the slams. We were there uh, last year when she was playing Fiona Farrow in the fourth round at the U no second round at the second U.S. Round, Open, yeah. and she was like deep into a second set tiebreak, down a set, and then you saw how she was able to, like, will herself to get that second set when she wasn't playing her best tennis and then rolled, steamrolled six love in the third set. I think that showed her killer instinct back then and kind of foreshadowed what, we see with what we've seen so far this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, shall we move on to the other contenders? Contenders. Yes. Or specifically Serena Williams. <laughs> Serena... Played on, uh, doubles with Ange Jabur last week, won two matches, and then Jabur had to withdraw out of, I think, primarily precaution for um, Wimbledon. What do you make? You brought it up. What do you make of her chances this week? You have to kind of believe, and it's not for any logical reason other than that she is Serena Williams, and she can she can do anything. I I. I genuinely watched her press conference and was two to three times more confident in her chances at Wimbledon. Not because she said anything in particular, but just you, you look at her almost, you, you feel like she's, a, she feels like she's above it all. Like she, she's Serena Williams. She's not going to pay attention to any of the reasonable factors around this situation. Like the fact that she hasn't played in a year, that she is 40 years old, that she hasn't won a major since before her pregnancy. She believes that she can do it. And I genuinely think that the field right here, right now, is maybe even weaker than the times where she was losing uh, slam finals a few years ago. So, yeah, specifically in her press conference, she was asked what a real, like what, what she hopes, what, what a successful Wimbledon would look like. And she basically laughed it off, and she said, you, you know the answer to that. Yeah. I think we all know the answer to that. She believes she can win this tournament. She was asked, you could have been drawn against Iga Sviantec, but you got Harmony Tan. How do you feel about that? She said, anyone could have been drawn against me, too. She, she's confident. She knows who she is. Um, and thinking about that draw specifically, I mean, it's an amazing draw. It's, it's one of the best she could have reasonably hoped for. She could have been drawn against anyone. She got Harmony Tan, who... Um, I have to confess, I've never really seen play tennis, despite having seen her name in plenty of draws over the years. Um, and then Sara Saribas Tormo as her second round seed, the lowest seed she could have gotten. I think that could be a challenge because Sara Saribas Tormo will make her move. Um, but then, yeah, Pliskova third round is definitely, I'm not sure Pliskova will be there, but if she does have form, that'll be a super tough one. Wimbledon, um, finalist last year, but not in great form. We, we saw the four straight double faults in that match against Katie Bolter. That was an ugly watch, so uncertainty there. Speaking of Pliskova, wasn't she the one that said coming in that, oh, I I'm not sure about Serena's chances, you know, she's coming back from a year-long layoff, yep. like, I don't think she's going to be a factor to win it. That would be an interesting confrontation in the third round. I, I, I can... I'm sure Serena found out about it in some way or another now. Mm -hmm. she, now you, you know Serena would be so motivated to shut her up. Yeah, not only that. Um, 
She did drop an interesting tidbit in the press conferences that I just want to read. She said, I didn't retire. I just need to heal physically, mentally. Hung up my rackets for a little bit until I could just heal. I had no plans. I just didn't know when I would come back. I think that's interesting because we were all very surprised when she decided to come back playing doubles last week. It, again, it shows her confidence that she's ready to come back and she again she looked good generally with the serve uh, movement still isn't there we talked about it a little in the last episode but just the fact that she said i didn't retire like i had no plans serena generally exudes confidence in our press conferences but again like you said here this is i guess lack of doubt she knew what she was doing the whole time and i think clarity can be the most important things when you have a, a long injury like that True that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The other contenders that we want to get to, I'm going to read them off, and you're going to tell me who has the best chance out of these couple. Coco Goff, Simona Halep. We touched on Pliskova a little bit. You don't think she's going far. So Coco Goff, Simona Halep, Petra Kvitova, Angelique Kerber. Three Wimbledon mm. champions in Coco. And Coco Goff. That's a really tough one, to be honest. Mostly draw-based. Um, well, I shouldn't go mostly draw-based. That's not, not a good way to do it. Yeah, so it's we're not very not that. a way good to do it. <laughs> not a good way to do it. Um, I might go for Kerber. If she's in the Jabur section, that would be a fourth-round match. Um, but I, I do have... Faith in her. It's an even year. But Eli, she we know lost that's good. last week to Cornet. I know, but she's Six she's a she's a big time player. She's a big time player. I think this could be a good swan song for her. I think she's considering retiring soon. Maybe go out on a high here. I like that. Out of those couple, I think you already know this by based on the way we talked beforehand. I'm gonna go with Coco. I think she's coming off the French Open finalist. A little bit of a disappointment. But for her, um, I think she she she'll, she doesn't have that major hangover, okay? She's, she's coming up. Winning the title is her goal already. I don't think a French Open final. Getting destroyed by Iga is, I think, getting motivate her even more. Sure, what kind of work needs to be done still. We, we mentioned, um, you and I were talking before the French Open, and the fact that she hasn't really done much at majors. Um, since beating Naomi Osaka at the Australian Open, she proved she could come through like easy section uh, in the draw, um, beating all the people she was supposed to beat, and like, eventually uh, Trevisan in the in the semifinals. She's got. I think it's going to be a harder draw here, but I think that experience of playing under that pressure will help. And we don't forget that this was the. This was the tournament where she beat Venus Williams in the first round, so I think that's going to be good memories coming back. She's one of the favorites. I think she's the top of the out of that list for me. Yeah, I think there's definitely a case for Coco. Um, the Anisimova match in the third round potentially worries me for her. And the only other thing I'll say for Kerber is last year, I think she was definitely playing the second-best tennis behind Barty at Wimbledon. I thought she played Barty really tight in that semifinal, and I could have easily seen her winning that tournament if it weren't for Barty just playing at an otherworldly level for a lot of that. So I don't know. If she can somehow channel that energy, uh, I could see her do, doing a, a thing here. All right. We've discussed a bunch of the contenders. Eli and I are going to give you our picks to win and a look at the quarterfinal lineups for both of us. But first... It's our weekly trivia segment, Stumps or Trees. I love that theme music, Eli. It just gets me going every time. No? Oh my god, me too. Do you want to go first? Actually, you go first this time, since I started us off last time. Let me explain the rules first. Eli and I have come up with trivia from all over the globe, trying to stump our opponents and... That's actually basically it. I didn't really need to explain that. You go ahead first. Wait, can you give me a second? Sorry. Would you like me to go first? You can go first. Okay. We've set a bunch of contenders. 
Some of them are highly ranked, and like Serena Williams, some of them are not so highly ranked. I put a little bit of pressure on rankings beforehand, and I, I generally say I, I'm not going to pick someone outside the top 15 to win a tournament. And I, I was looking it up beforehand, and there is some historical backing to that. So I want to ask you, what who was the last person outside of the top 15 seeds to win a Wimbledon? The last person outside the top 15 seeds to win Wimbledon. Uh, either the men's or the women's side. Men's or women's. Um, I'm going to guess that Bartoli was close, but within the top 15. Then, before that... Mm, oh, I'm going to go... Um, Goron 2001. It's it's sooner than that. Sooner than that? Okay. Um, how about... Hmm. Intriguing. If it's, if it's not that, then I'm going to guess it's a woman. Um... I guess I have to to say someone. Um, By the way, Goran was a wild card in two. Yes. The Wimbledon. He wasn't right. even seeded. And he beat Pat Rafter in the final. So. Yeah. And Mar- he beat Mark Safin and Tim Henman. Wow, that's a, that's a great stretch for him. Okay. Let's, you have a pick? Do I have a pick? Or an answer? Um... Uh, this is tough, Rom. You're you're really. It's a prominent winner who's won this tournament multiple times. Mm. And the person, you've already said the finalist. To this person. Ooh. Right. Um. Can't be looking this up, Eli. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll I'll go Serena. It was Venus, two thousand seven. Okay. She beat Bartoli in the final four and one. Oh, damn it. Beat Anna Ivanovic in the semis. Svetlana Kuznetsova in the quarters. So it's been a while for top someone outside the top fifteen to win. Obviously, it's happened a lot sooner at some of the other majors, notably Raducanu and Sviatek and Kritikova too. So. And Sophia Kelly. Okay. There you have it. Let's hear yours. I'm, I, can I have two? Sure. Okay. What are the um, rules? This is the first Wimbledon where there will be a middle Sunday with tennis. Yes. As planned from the beginning. Yep. I would like to know, when was the first time that tennis was played on any Sunday at Wimbledon? Wouldn't that just be the first year of Wimbledon? I don't know. That's for you to decide as you. Because you just said as originally planned. So if the original tournament directors originally planned to have Wimbledon played on Middle Sunday, then I'm guessing it would be 1895. Yeah. Or whatever. Why? Why would it be 1895? Isn't that the year it started? Mm, I don't think so, but. Why Why would it be 1895? Because Middle Sunday has not been, there hasn't been play on it, except for a few exceptions. Oh. Oh, I, I misunderstood you wrong. Okay, so the original organizers did not want to be played on Middle Sunday. Yeah, there's only, there's been four years in the history of I remember Wimbledon. one of them. One of them was like 16, 15, one of the two. But what I'm asking you... Is not about middle Sunday. When was the first time that tennis was played on a Sunday at Wimbledon, full stop, including the first week and the last week? I'm still going with 1895. Like, it's for the okay. finals. The, the answer is 1982. What? Up until 1982. There's no way. The final was played on a Saturday, and 
no no tennis on Sundays was allowed at all in the All England Club. That that okay. That's a fact and a half. That is surprising. Now, for a trip even further down memory lane, the eighteen seventy nine Wimbledon finalist, Veer Saint Ledger Gold, died when he committed suicide on Devil's Island while he was a ser- while he was serving a prison sentence. Under what crime was he serving <laughs> that prison sentence? <laughs> Not wearing white at Wimbledon. No, I'm kidding. Uh... That has, like, nothing to do with this week, too. <laughs> I mean, it's Wimbledon. It's, it's one of the great facts of Wimbledon history. 1879, Wimbledon Grand Slam finalist, Veer St. Ledger Gold. So he committed suicide after being in prison for this offense. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a hint? Like, I don't even know where to look. He was serving a life sentence. <laughs> That's not helpful. That is helpful. <laughs> Did he murder the champion? He did not murder the champion. Did he murder um, anybody? He did murder someone. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. He made the Wimbledon final, and he um, eventually murdered someone. I, I forget whether it's he murdered his wife or some random other Jesus. woman, maybe someone he was having an affair with, but it's a fascinating story. If you go to Veer St. Ledger Gold's Wikipedia page, you can read all about it. Wow. More importantly... In the 1879 Wimbledon final, he came up short against John Hartley, 6-2-6-4-6-1. The more you know. When did Wimbledon start, by the way? I feel like I need to know this now. Wimbledon started, as per my handy-dandy book, in 1877. I, I do have, as I was telling Ron beforehand, I have a book of all of the Wimbledon draws, men's and women's singles, from 1877 to 2012. The first Wimbledon in 1877 was won by S.W. Gore, beating W.C. Marshall in the final, in the gentleman's singles. And it was not played on a Sunday, it was played on the Saturday. Indeed. Okay, I shall we move I'm, on I'm done with to more yeah. present matters? Yeah, more present matters. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do our picks to win. And this time, the champion, for the men's side at least, will be crowned on a Sunday, and there will will be a middle Sunday played. So how about we go section by section in each draw, picking yeah. our quarterfinalists. Um, Men or women to start? start? Let's start with the women's draw. Love it. I have that. Over. All right. First section, I am going with Iga Sriantek. No yep. controversy. I yep. think we can continue. I agree continue. with you. Yes. Um, yeah. We mentioned Krejcikova would be the only person I don't think she's going to make it there. Go ahead. Okay, for the second section, this is a wild one. I think from Muguruza to Rabakina, that little mini section, even just to get into the fourth round, is wild. It has Muguruza, Junction Wen, Sloan Stevens, Andrescu, Rabakina, yeah. plus Pegula and Rogers to throw into the mix. I'm going to pick Bianca Andrescu. Yes, me um, too. That's I good. think I don't want to I don't want to touch the match between Stevens and Zhang Chinwen. I don't want to touch Muguruza. I don't want to touch Rubakina. And it's really Pagula hasn't played since the French Open, so I would consider her. So I'm going Andrescu. I, I would say that fourth round is Pagula Andrescu as well. I think Jesse's been great at the majors. I think lost um I've been really high on her. Quarters at the Australian Open lost to Barty. Quarters at the French Open lost to uh, Shriantek. And then if she makes a quarters here and loses to Shriantek and Shriantek goes on to win, that's three for three. We'll have to look up what the last time that was done where you lose to three in a row. It was last year, Veratini. I was testing you. Mm-hmm. You're still asleep. I'm He's a thinking about asleep. his trivia. Sorry about that. No, no, it's all good. Uh, third section, it, this is the one with Wait, uh, Bedosa this headlines is, but, it. Yeah. This is the section of the draw. We we mentioned beforehand the draw is very top-heavy. Bedosa, Kvitova, Georgie, Halep, Goff. Goff is not in this little part. but Anna Samova, Cerebus Tormo, Serena, and Pliskova all in that quarter. 
and then mm-hmm. we'll have to see who makes it out of that section. Yes. The quarterfinal here, I'm going with uh, the third section, the top half of this third second quarter. I'm going Simona Halep. I was between Halep and Kvitova. I do think that'll be the round of 16. Halep's been really good, as you mentioned, at Wimbledon before. She's coming off like a neck injury that she withdrew from a week ago and still working with that new relationship with Patrick Moritoglu. Um, I think he will be thrilled that coaching is now... Well, no, coaching not at Wimbledon, but I think Halep has... We'll get into that relationship a little bit. I think she'll make a deep enough run here, and I think her and Kvitova will be a good match. Yeah, I agree it's between the two. I did end up going for Kvitova here. Why? Why? Um, I think Halep is going to have a tougher time getting out of her little section. Mukova first round is already a, a super dicey matchup. Um, mm. she's I, I love her game on grass. I don't think she's in the best physical state, having had to withdraw or retire in that match against Anismova at the French Open. But that's certainly a test. And then Camilla Georgi in the third round, I'd also think is a test. Um, Bedosa, I'm not considering much of a factor after her bad loss last week to Durage, uh, a British wild card. So I would think Kvitova would definitely get to the fourth round, and I would back her against Halep as well. Bedosa hasn't been playing that well this year. I think that's masked a little no. bit by how Iga do- is so dominant, but she's the fourth seed here. She's been not been playing like the number four player in the world, and she's yet to show up at a major championship at all. This would be the most surprising one to, for her to show up at, but she needs to contend. A lot of these top ten need to contend at majors, and we'll look up her underperformance stats as well, um, maybe for the next episode. The second section... I said beforehand all the reasons I like Coco this week. I'm going with Coco. I think she can... If Serena uh, makes it to that fourth round, I think that'll be a really good fourth round match. And I like Coco coming out there. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think there's not... There's so many different ways that this one could go, but I think Coco is definitely the safest bet. I think there are more question marks around everyone else than there are around her. Agreed. Um... The bottom half of the draw is where there are less top... It's less... There are less players who I think could come out of that one from that are higher up in the seeds. So I think this is where you could get that wild card, that unseeded player coming through to the semifinals that we've seen so often in the women's draws. The third quarter is headlined by Daniel Collins, who hasn't really played a bunch and hasn't been a factor when she has played since the Australian Open. Ali Risk there, who made the final a couple weeks ago in a 250 event on the WTA side. I forget that where that was. And then you got Zhang Shui and... Nottingham, I think, yeah. Nottingham, and then Emma Raducanu, Angelique Kerber, who you like this week, um, and Ons Jabur is the bottom of that third quarter. I like... All right, for fifth, fifth section, who do we like? I like Zhang Shui. I, Zhang Shui. Zhang Shui. Fascinating. I, I think she. I think she's the play. I think this is the turn. This is the event where the unseeded player can make a run, and she's been good on the grass. She made the quarters at Nottingham to Mar. I'm gonna mispronounce this. Martin Kova. Is that right? Martinsova. Martinsova. That's butchered. Uh, and then the Birmingham Classic, she lost at Hadad Maya with an injury. I think I think that's all good now. She beat real. She beat Kirstea. She, she what I'm most encouraged here is her play um, with doubles. She's been paired with Elise Mertens, who will help her. Mertens has done. I think she she's made the quarters at Wimbledon before, so I'm encouraged by that net play. And she's played with Haddad Maya in Nottingham as doubles. They went on to win it. So just seeing that type of doubles experience and that net play firsthand I think will play really well and I'll help her this week um here I've gone for Ali Risk not with a lot of confidence um I would consider Caroline Garcia I would consider even Martha Kostyuk I would consider Zhang Shui but I like Ali Risk on grass I like the section she's in I don't have a lot of trust in Daniel Collins at this point who I think is still struggling with some injury issues ever since the Australian Open 
Um, so I back risk to at least make the fourth round. And I think that little section with Raducanu and Garcia, Van Oentvank, you'd even have to throw in there because she's a, a good grass court player. Um, so I'm going to go for risk. For the sixth section, um, I will start us off. I'm going Ange Jabur. I think Kerber and, and Jabur both have a good chance, but I, I like Jabur. I think she's, if she's at her best, can't be beaten by anyone in that section. Yeah. I think she's she made the quarters last year. We've talked on her ad nauseum during this podcast. Underperformance at majors, I think this is the one she can step up with. Wimbledon has been kind to her last year, and she's got a very favorable draw to go deep here. Um, not a lot of... Even Raducanu, who's like in the fifth section of the draw, she hasn't really played that well since the U.S. Open last year. And, I think the and home, injuries here. Yeah, is, and I, I think know. the home crowd might put a little extra pressure on her, so I'm not so sure about that. We'll see. what Her fourth round last year, didn't she have some breathing issues against Tomlinovich? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sixth section, Eli and I are in agreement. Second to last section, that is headlined by Maria Sakkari. Uh, Serana Kirstea, Trevisan is in there, as well as Ostapenko, Ostapenko, and Belinda Benchich, Hadad Maya, who's played well, grass court turnups, two out of three, and lost to Kvitova in tight semifinal in the other, and then Conovate, who hasn't been much of a factor recently, it, on the, in the majors at least, is the bottom of the draw as the second seed. Who would you like in that top? First, we'll, uh, that quarterfinal matchup in the bottom quarter of the draw. Well, yeah, I, I want uh, Ostapenko for sure. Not that I ever have any confidence in her to, like, any. I, I never have any full faith in her, but she's definitely the best player and the best, uh, in the best form of anyone in that section. Don't like Trevisan at all on grass. Kristea, maybe Zachary, not hugely into for this tournament and then uh yeah you can go ahead for the the top half of that quarter i'm going a little bit of blast from the past a little bit i'm going i'm not confident with this at all daria saville saville i think i don't know i was trying to find someone here that could work out i think all of them are this is a very toss-up section she's made the third round here before wimbledon i i'm not sure her or staying power to win multiple matches in a row, but she but she's got a good draw. I think Sakari is very much um, in jeopardy of losing early here, and if she can win that second round match against Sakari, then I think they'll give her enough confidence because Sharma, Maria, Tatiana, Maria, um, Kirsea, I don't think they're gonna be. I I think if she gets that grass court form going. I think we could see a second Aussie in a row in the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. So we'll see how that shakes out. Okay, um, I want Haddad Meyer for yep, the last quarter. And Explain I why. Think that's, uh, she's playing amazing. Yep, I mean, she's, that's she's, all that needs to be she's said. literally <laughs> awesome. And Benchich has a bit of an injury concern yeah. with uh, the, the retirement in the final. Um, she would have been a great Wimbledon pick, I think, a couple weeks ago, but now with the injury... So, and I don't, I don't like anyone really in that cultivate section with Kalina. Na. Kalina Na is interesting, but I, I like Hadad Maya the most. Okay, very quickly, um, for my semifinalists, yes. I want to go. Read off Shriantek. your wait, read off your entire quarterfinalists yes. and then tell sure. us semifinal. So, final. I have Shriantek against Andrescu, Kvitova against Goff, Risk against Jabur, and Ostapenko against Hadad Maya. I'm going to go for Shriantek against Kvitova in the semis, and then Jabur against Hadad Maya, with Jabur and Shriantek facing off in the final. And Iga Shriantek taking the title. Very controversial take right there. I have a similar very controversial take. I have Iga and Bibi Andrescu in the quarterfinals, Halep and Goff, Zhang Shui, and... Jabur, Daria Seville, and Hadad Maya. I'm going with Shriantek, Goff, Jabur, and Hadad Maya for my semifinals. Just different with Kvitova for Eli Goff for myself. Shriantek and Jabur for the final, and I think Shriantek wins it. I know we're not controversial at all, but 
these are what we think the picks will be to win. And I think, yeah, I think Iga gets to 42. 42 wins uh, in a row. I think she might be at a point where if she wins enough this year, like 70 wins in two majors, I think she'll be in like very, very, very elusive company with like her, just her and Serena maybe, which will be amazing to see. Yep. All right, let's head into the men's draw. Let's maybe try to run through this a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, <laughs> make this podcast an hour. <laughs> yes, that's fine. Hour-long podcasts are okay. First section, I'm going with Novak Djokovic, and I think the rest of the field need not be discussed in that quarter, to be honest. We're going to discuss it anyway. It's Kachmanovic, Basilashvili, and Von Reitemann's in there. What? You're really not discussing the rest of this field? Not, Opelka? not close enough to Opelka? Him, no. Opelka is god-awful on grass for some reason. Novak's got to make the court. Uh, I mean, he, he. I have confidence in him. I do remember that match against Query very well. That was, that was not a great performance for Novak. He got, like, hammered. But I think there's not enough, like, firepower, especially in that first three matches, to give him a trouble. Kokonakis could be a little bit. That could be a force. That's an one. interesting one. I, I'd like to see that. But no. But, um, okay, but no. I have section. Novak, too. Yes, by the way. We, ha- we have next section. We have Yannick Sinner, who plays Stan Vavrenka in the first round. Interestingly, we have Andy Murray, who could play John Isner in the second round. Then our other two seeds are Oscar Otta and Carlos Alcaraz. Who you got, Rom? Murray. I think the withdrawal a couple weeks ago was a little precautionary. I think he went, knowing his history at Wimbledon, it's, it's hard to bet against him. I hope that injury has subsided enough because I know he would play Wimbledon even if a little injured just because of his ties to this particular event. I think his grass court know-how will get him around this place very well. Isner, I do worry with a little bit, and then, but I do think he could be Alcaraz on a good day at Wimbledon. Yeah, I was. I think there. I'm kind of going back and forth between three people here in Murray, Alta, and Alcaraz. I'm not. I'm definitely not concerned about the Isner match, to be honest, because Murray has a perfect record against big servers. He's never lost to Isner, Opelka, or Karlovich. Wow. Um, because he he's he's specializes in that. Um, Sinner, I'm not feeling great about. I'm really was about to say Oscar Otta. Um, I was debating I really, that too. <laughs> for some reason, I really like him here. Alcaraz, just real uncertainty. I think there's a chance he just comes out and he's amazing. Um, I yeah. mean, I, I'm so high on Alcaraz in general. We haven't talked about him at all in this podcast. And we haven't, which is it's behold, kind of crazy. In two weeks, he's going to be lifting up the trophy. <laughs> he totally could be. Um, but Jan Leonard Struff is a tough first rounder for him. If he's not totally on it, he could be punished. Um, I'm going to ultimately go with Andy Murray, too, though, even though Alta, I, I really have a feeling, might do it. <laughs> but but with all you said, with Murray, with history, with the draw, I like him. Yeah. Second quarter, no, yes, second quarter, French Open finalist Kasper Ruud, who is seeded up to number three with Medvedev and Zverev and Rublev not playing in this event. I think he would have had his Rublev regardless, but... Baez, who we talked about a lot last week, with Eli is one of those one of his players to watch, and then we got Francis Tiafo. Um, who else is in here? Pablo Carreño Busa, who we'll be talking about a little later yes. on. Cam- this is. Can I just say this? Well, we'll let's go one at a time, Rob. Um, <laughs> we're okay. Go ahead. Who's your pick out of those couple, or maybe it's um, not even with those couple. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Tiafo for me. I think this is a huge chance for him. Um, we are yeah, in agreement. Rude, yes, we are in agreement. Rude is is not good on grass. Baez are is two quintessential clay court specialists, and yeah, really three of these four seeds in this section are just terrible on grass. To be honest, at least at this point, ranging from terrible to inexperienced. Pablo has never won a match at Wimbledon. Bublik is an interesting one. Goffin is an interesting one. But this is Tiafos to lose. Do you know if Wimbledon seeded this year by the rankings or like they usually do? Yes, it's do? just by rankings. Okay, because I know in the past, this is interesting, because rankings were decided by 100% of points from that grass court season, I believe 75% from the year before, and then 50% from like a, year, a span before that. So maybe that's why some of the seeds were doing so well because of their prior history on grass. 
So this could toss it up even further and allow, allow someone like Tiafo, who I think is my pick to, again, great game, really could work well at Wimbledon. I'm not sure his prior history at uh, at Wimbledon. Let me look I mean, he up. beat Sitsipas first round last year, so that's enough there for you me. Go. He, was, that, he yes. was excellent in that match. All right. Um, who you got in this, the rest of the section? We got Cam Nori, Grigor Dimitrov, Tommy Paul, and then Hubert Hercatch, who made the semis last year. He had a very similar losing it. Yeah, it, it's got to be Hercatch. Yep. He's playing so well right now. I mean, the, the Medvedev win was so impressive. He basically played a perfect match there. And he, on grass, is, is one of the favorites to win this tournament. He's definitely the favorite to make the semifinals. Um, I think it's... I would be very surprised if he didn't get through this section, and I think he would be certainly disappointed if he didn't. No arguments there. Next section. Uh, this is the one headlined by Matteo Berrettini. We got Jensen Brooksby, Alex Dimonor, who played... Well, last week, losing to Taylor Fritz, Diego Schwartzman, and is that it for this section? Yes. Who you got? Teo Berrettini, end of. I mean, Mr. Consistent at slams. He's basically only ever loses to the Nadal big three. and Djokovic yep. Yep, at, at slams. And he's, he's ready. He's won two straight tournaments, finalist last year, all in. All in again. I mean, that performance last year is coming out center court, no hesitation, taking it to Novak was 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 a delight to see. He kind of threw that match up for a while and was very competitive in it. His big serve has been awesome. He, I mean, he comes back from injury and just destroys the place. It's 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 insane. It's this is got mm-hmm. this is grass is what this guy does. I think we're gonna. For the next couple of years, we have to get used to that. He's just going to play well at Wimbledon every year. I think so. All right. Next section, Shapovalov. Is he a form, uh, future Wimbledon champion for you, Bertini? Yes. How many definitely. times? Maybe one or two. I don't think two. that many. Okay. But... I, I, th- I think you can um, that game. Next section. Go ahead. Shapovalov, Bautista Agut, Krajinovic, and Tsitsipas are the seeds with Nick Kyrgios, notably in that section plays Paul Jubb first round, would get Karinovich in the second and Tsitsipas in the third. Who you got? Kyrgios. You just mentioned. A big server, big firepower. I think you convinced me on him a little bit beforehand. Famously took out Nadal here. That kind of kick-started a little bit of form. I think I think, I think you could play this week. He's just good, so good around this place again. Yeah, I'm going curious too, more reluctantly, because I never trust him to win any match ever. But I don't really think Tsitsipas is there yet. I don't think Batista Agut is there yet. Shapovalov is going backwards at an electrifying rate. So it's it's curious as to lose in terms of the level of tennis. We can say that for a lot of situations in the past. I certainly don't trust that his mental game is there. I don't trust that he's matured in any way, shape, or form. But if he's just vibing and serving, he might, you know, screw around and get to the quarterfinals. So that's what I'm, I'm going yeah. for. Um, he did have, and he had to withdraw from Mallorca uh, against Bautista Agu in the round of 16 uh, due to an ab injury. He said afterwards that, I was really looking forward to tonight's match. I've been loving my time here. Uh, Mallorca is such a beautiful island, but he doesn't want to risk Wimbledon next week. So he's putting importance on the majors. He's putting importance on some matches um, at, I think, I think one of his favorite tournaments. So I'm excited to see what he does this week. Second to last quarter, um, who's in it? We got, we got Felix, OJ Aliassime. We've got Dan Evans. We've got Holger Runa and Taylor Fritz. Oje Aliassime notably playing the grass court match made in heaven, Maxime Cressy. So, are you picking him? Yes, but that was a very hesitant, ever so yes. hesitantly. <laughs> ever so hesitantly. I, I think Fritz is great. I would definitely trust him to make the round of 16. I picked Fritz, yeah. You picked Fritz. Hey, all right, we've got some difference here. We're going to have one... Uh, point of difference. Have we picked everybody the, else the same? Yep. Wow. That's the reason I'm going for Felix Ojeda Aliassime is simply that I 
trust his major record more. Uh, he's made three major quarterfinals. He's made a major semifinal. Taylor Fritz has never made one major quarterfinal. Yeah. And I think that if Maxine Cressy uh, is is swiped aside as maybe he should be for a player of Felix's caliber, then it really should be Felix getting out of this section. I like that. I picked uh, Taylor based on I think he's coming. He's, he's done well last couple uh, of years, obviously won in Indian Wells. I think that, that big match experience is going to suit him here. And, yeah, I think he could face Felix earlier on, and I think he's got a great chance of winning that. I think Felix is definitely the safer play. It'd be kind of cool if he played, uh, Felix played Nadal again, that whole coaching dynamic with Uncle Tony, part two. But I, I, I like Felix to come out of the section. I think this is his major breakthrough. And I have him playing Nadal in the quarterfinals. I do too. Um, Chilich definitely in with a shout there, but yeah. um, Nadal is is my pick as well. Can't really go against what he's done so far this year. I'm gonna read Sam off. Sam a dangerous floater in the second round. Though. Yes, I'm gonna read off my quarterfinal lineup and tell you who I think is gonna win this time before Eli. I got Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, Tiafo and Hercatch, Berrettini and Kyrgios, Fritz and Nadal. I'm going with Novak to beat Mari. I think he, we've talked about him a lot. I think he is the favorite to win this tournament. Three-time defending champ. Hercatch uh, showed me a lot last year. I think he beat Federer and um, Medvedev and route to Berrettini. So he's definitely got the game to play well and then destroyed Medvedev and Hala. And then Berrettini and Nadal. And then... Berrettini, I think, is going to lose in the semifinals to Rafa. I think that will be like, I think that could be like a fireworks five set match. I would definitely want to watch that. Nadal, I have coming through, and then have Novak, and then have Novak Rafa again in the final. And Novak spoils the dream of Rafa, who is trying to do the same thing as the Serbian did last year. Okay. I have Djokovic and Murray, Tiafo and Hercatch, Berrettini, Kyrgios, and Oje Aliassim Nadal. Um, I'm going to go for Novak uh, to beat Murray. I'm going for Hercatch over Tiafo, same reasons as you. Um, Berrettini over Kyrgios. And I am going to have to go for Felix Oje Aliassim to beat Nadal in the quarterfinals. Uh, am, and, I, am, and, am I listening? What? <laughs> and... and well, he came so close at Roland Garros. He's been serve-botting in these tournaments. It's Nadal um, he, we're talking about. It is Nadal. We're ta- it's Nadal on grass we're talking about. Oh if God. Steve Darcy can beat Rafael Nadal, I'm sure Felix Auger-Aliassime can. Yeah, but That's you, all said, we would have said the same thing about Del Potro a couple years ago. And Nadal was able to beat him because of his, I guess, his tennis know-how. I'm surprised. I thought he was good at tennis, Eli. Why are you picking against him? Because it's I, it is what it, it's Nadal at Wimbledon, and I I can't feel as confident as I should be. That's a that's a not a granted. Forty percent chance Felix loses in the first round, but once he gets past that, <laughs> I'm I'm liking his chances. Um, I'm going. I really think I I think Hubert Hurkacz has a chance here, and I think he has a good chance. But I'm gonna have to go for Novak and Matteo Berrettini in the final with Novak winning. Do you think Berrettini gives Novak more trouble this time, or Novak kind of sweeps them, sweeps them up like dust? I don't really think so. I think at this stage, Berrettini kind of needs to get some luck in terms of the draw in term, if, if Novak were to not be there to win this tournament. But, yeah, I could see a, a tight four-setter, uh, similar to what we had last year. I could see a very competitive final, but I okay. think Djokovic is, just has his number. Awesome. Those are our picks to win for this year's The Championships. Wimbledon. One final thing to do for the man who hasn't won a match at Wimbledon. Pablo Carreño Busta. It's time for the Pablo Corner with Eli. Go ahead. Oh man, it's the moment of truth, everyone. Tomorrow morning, we're going to find out whether Pablo Carreño Busta can win a match at Wimbledon. In the first round, he has Dusan Lajevic, who is not playing great this year. He hasn't been really playing well for a while. Um, he, I don't think, has really had good grass court results. Yeah, he, he's played one match on grass. He lost to Daniel Altmaier in straight sets. 
this should be an opportunity for Pablo because he's not like a huge server. He doesn't have a massive game. Pablo can definitely play his normal tennis against Lajevic and have a chance. Um, this is another draw where Pablo is in an incredibly weak section. If only he could somehow get out of the first round or the first two rounds. Um, I'm not really looking past the first round for now. But if he were to win, he would play Bublik or Fuchovitz. I think that's super tough. I wouldn't imagine he can get past an aggressive big server like Bublik on grass. Um, but the section, as we talked about, is so weak with Baez and Rude in the other part and even Tiafo there for the taking. So uh, maybe we have a chance. But I'm right now just hoping and praying for this win over Lajevic after the disappointment in Mallorca. And that would avoid the wooden spoon. So, there you have it, folks. I will remind you that he actually has won a match at Wimbledon, albeit it was not in singles. It was in doubles in 2019, okay. paired with Feliciano Lopez. They beat Nicholas Hari and Christian Guerin, 4-6-6-3-6-4-7-6. The Lone Slam still do best out of five. Do they still do best out of five doubles? I think so. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Uh, um Oh, if we're interested, to conclude Pablo Corner, he yes. is actually, I believe, playing doubles. Um, he is this week, unless, yes. That's why I unless he it. withdrew. I, yeah, he's playing with Joe Munar? Or... No, he's playing with Carbaez Baena. Oh, Carbaez Baena. Okay. Um, I don't think he's playing that much with RCB. But, yeah, should be interesting. I mean, hopefully he wins a match in singles and doesn't have to resort to doubles. Yes. Let's see okay. it. Okay. I, what a what a preview episode, man! That was that was something. Uh, AOB. Any other business? Um, I don't know. There's a, a piece by Stan Vavrenka in the Players Tribune, which I really liked. If you want to go check that out, I would recommend it. Talking about the last chapter of his career, probably not going to be uh, at Wimbledon, but I think there's a, a limited window for Stan Vavrenka and. He, he's definitely going for that one last push to maybe be relevant at the top of the sport. So, one to look out for. I would really recommend that piece. Yeah. Watch it. Uh, read it before he plays Sinner. When is that match? Is that match tomorrow? Uh, against uh, Marinka? Yes, 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow on Court 2. Get your popcorn ready for that one. All right. Mm -hmm. That will do it. Mega, mega preview over an hour for this week's Wimbledon Championships. We'll be back a couple times during the fortnight to discuss our favorite matches, our upsets, and our predictions moving forward. That will do it. All right. On a Sunday. It's been a pleasure, Rob. Speaking is Sunday. Eli E.K. My name is Rob. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Adios. Adios.